Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. Welcome, Milestone Church. So exciting to be here. Hey, we, we didn't do this in the other church. Everybody get on your feet. Let's go. Get on your feet. Hey, Hassler, get on your feet. McKinney, get on your feet. In the venues, get on your feet. Wherever you are, everybody get on your feet. If you're driving your car, stay seated. So, but everybody else on your feet. All right, so we're gonna start practice today with our little breakdown and our clap. Some of you guys have seen this before. The breakdown is a simple move, flexing the knees, hands out in front, okay? Don't go too deep. Some of you have a hard time getting up, so just kind of flex it a little bit right here. And then we're gonna do our clap. It's one, two, three, one. Let's try the clap one time, ready? Got it. Then we're gonna come up on the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. I wanna give a big shout and give somebody a high five and then grab a seat and we're gonna go. Okay, Hassel, you ready? McKinney, you ready? Venues, are you ready? Keller Campus, are you ready? All right, here we go, here we go, here we go. I'll make it sharp. If you don't, you will run laps after service. Ready, bring it down. Jesus, come on. That was weak, that was weak. That's pitiful. Come on, let's do it again. All right, here we go, here we go, here we go. Come on, give me some gusto. This is Texas. We love football in Texas. Come on, hallelujah. I feel the anointing coming over me. Ready, bring down. Jesus, that's great. Grab a seat, here we go. I love this time of the year because as a coach, I knew season was about to open. I could smell it in the air, the fresh crunk grass. We're lying into practice fields. We're getting all the equipment ready. We're getting the locker rooms ready. We're getting the playbooks ready. We're getting ourselves ready. So when the team comes, we're positioned to get them ready so they can get on the field and win. And so we can celebrate the victory together in the season. When I pulled on campus at Milestone, I had that same feeling come over me. I'm looking at all the construction. I walked around to look in the new kids area and the kids zone, the, the new, our bleacher section that we're at every 900 seats in the sanctuary. I'm looking around this campus, I said, oh man, I get this feeling. I can smell it, I can feel it. We're, we're getting ready for a season like we've never had before. We're getting ready for the people God's about to send to us that we are gonna call the champion out in them as they find Christ and find their purpose in Christ and find their destiny and direction in Christ because that's what the church is all about. That's why we're here. We're God's team called to call others unto him that they can be reconciled to their heavenly father. And God is positioning you. And Milestone Church, listen, what God is doing here is special. I don't say that just because I love your pastor so much. They're exceptional. Jeff and Brandy are exceptional. They love you, they love the Lord, they're people of integrity. You are so blessed to have leaders like you have in this church. 
I, you're, you're blessed, you're blessed. Listen, I've been blessed. God has blessed me beyond measure. I've traveled the world. I, I've been on every continent. I, I've, I've been in so many nations around the world. I just got back from Africa where I was training pastors in Africa. And listen, when you get around where God is really moving, you can sense it, you can tell it. Your spirit bears witness with it. And when I'm here, my spirit is bearing witness with there is a, there is a move of God taking place here. And God's calling you and positioning you to be the point of a transformational movement of this region that I believe can help turn the course of this nation's heart back to God. We're in desperate times. We're in dark times. We're in deceitful times. We're in times that we're celebrating things that were never meant to ever be celebrated. Things are turned upside down. What are we going to do as a people? What are we going to do as a nation to protect our children from being robbed of their true identity and their true destiny and their true purposes? The enemy has come to rob, kill, and destroy, Jesus said. You can see it happening every day. I see the devastation of the enemy's impact every day among our families. He's out to destroy every marriage and destroy every family he can. That's his mission. But praise God, we have the answer, don't we? And his name is Jesus. And Jesus said, here's my answer for the world now that I'm leaving. He prayed in John 17, Father, as you sent me into the world, now I'm sending my followers into the world. And then Jesus made this declaration, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In other words, the powers of darkness cannot hold back the power of the light of Christ. And when the light of Christ is shining, it pierces the darkness and destroys the deception of the enemy. And that's us. We are the church of Jesus Christ. We are the answer. We are the answer. Say it with me. We are the answer because we have Jesus Christ in us, the hope of glory. And when Jesus said, I am the light of the world, he turned right around and said to us as his followers, you are the light of the world. Now let your light shine. That men see the good works of your life and they're drawn to you so you can lead them to me. That's the mission of the church. I come here today to remind you of some simple fundamentals of why the church is so essential and why the church must be central in our lives. There's a couple of verses of scripture I wanna kick off the message today with you and it's found in the book of Ephesians. The first one is found in chapter one, verse 22. And it goes like this. The church you see is not peripheral to the world, but the world is peripheral to the church. Is that what that says? Isn't that interesting? Paul's saying, you understand something, don't you? Right here should be our central focus, the work of God, the church. Why? Look at the next verse, in verse 23. The church, the church is Christ's body on which he what? He speaks and acts and by which he fills 
everything with his presence. Now think about that. The church is where God speaks, where he acts, and where he fills everything with his presence. The church is God's master plan for the earth since Christ ascended into heaven. And until he returns, the church, his body, composed of every born again believer, we are on mission to be a reflection of his heart and his love and his truth. And we are to shine bright. And it's when his body is gathered together, his spirit comes and that's where he speaks, that's where he acts, and that's where he fills everything with his presence. Therefore, why in the world would it not be the central focus of our lives? To be a part of where God is speaking, moving, and filling everything with his presence. And that's what I sense when I come here at Milestone Church. And that's why I love the church. Because when I was a young boy, I was raised in the church. My mama, she played the piano in our church. And we never missed church. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. If we had revival services back in my day, some of you remember those things called revival services? They would go on for a week, two weeks, sometimes three weeks. Every night, you're in church. You don't miss church. Mom, I'm sick, I don't feel like going to church. Well, you'll be healed, you're going to church. <laughs> you don't miss church, it was never an option. We never woke up one Sunday morning, well, you think we should go to church today, or should we not go to church today? No, there was no option. You're getting dressed, we're going to church. Why? Because that's where God speaks. That's where God moves, that's where he fills everything with his presence, because that is central to our lives. Because when we're where God is speaking, moving, and filling, guess what? We discover our true purpose. We understand who we really are. The church brings purpose into our lives. With that sense of purpose that goes beyond what we do in our careers, See, to me, we all have a calling of God upon our lives that goes beyond your career. I was a football coach. I coached high school and college football. I was a college athletic director for seven years. But all that time, I knew that was my career, but I knew there was something in addition to my career, there was my calling. And my calling was to be a part of the church and the light of Christ. So not only did I take on that individually, but I took it on with my wife and I, all those years that I coached, Don and I always found a local Bible teaching church and we would get connected in it and volunteer and serve any way we could. I've served as ushers, we've served in student ministries, Donna served in children's ministries. Believe it or not, I used to be a worship leader. Hello, back when you used to wave your arms. When we all get to heaven, what a day. Anyways, it was pitiful. Anyways, the fact is we served. We knew we had to serve. We were called to serve. And, and we've, we've done that our entire life. I mean, Don and I got married young. We got married at 20. We were sophomores in college. Get married on Saturday night. Sunday morning, she's getting dressed. I'm going, where are you going, baby? I've been waiting on this day for like, you know, four years. Hello. She said, well, it's Sunday, we're going to church. I said, I ain't going to church today. Not today. No, 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 baby. Come on, baby. (laughs) 
we went to church. <laughs> We've been going ever since. You know, I, 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 I have fun with people wherever I go because I'm madly in love with my wife. We've been married 58 years. She's been my girlfriend for 62 years. I'm madly in love with that woman. So wherever I go, I, I find an excuse to tell people how madly I am in love with her. And, and, and I just brag on her and, and just boom, you know, I say, look, look at this woman that God gave me. And, 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 and then they, they always ask the question, well, what, what? What's the secret? Oh, I love it when they ask that question. I said, I'll tell you the secret. You want to know the real secret? Yeah. Jesus is his name. So we've had Jesus at the center of our life, the center of our love, and we've had his church as the central focus of our lives. Because we have always ministered together in the church, served together in the church. We raised our children in the church. Our children never had an option about church. It was never an option to our kids. What are you talking about? I want my kids to be where God's speaking, where God is moving, and where God is filling everything with his presence. I want my children in children's church where their true identity is being reinforced upon them, where the principles of God are being taught them, where the value systems of God are being instilled in them, where the spirit of God is filling them so they will be prepared to walk as soldiers of the cross in this world. And when other kids are falling when other children are falling into pits of deception, our children are walking on a high road of truth and character and integrity and light. Why? Because we've got them planted in the church. I grew up loving the church. Our kids grew up loving the church. Now their kids grow up loving the church. Matter of fact, I started looking back and We've got like six generations. And I'm going, praise God. And, uh, and Don and I are praying for our great-grandchildren that are not born yet. But I pray for them every night. And I've talked to our grandchildren about getting busy. I said, kids, come on. You've been married three years. What are you waiting on? Come on. Come on. I, hey, 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 hey. Grandpa wants to be strong enough to teach them how to play ball, how to hunt, how to fish how to be a, a man, how to be a godly woman. Donnie, you'll teach them that, I'll teach them how to be a man. <laughs> and, 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 and I wanna see them serving the Lord, honoring God. I want, I want our passion for the things of God and for his church to be so contagious that it impacts generations to come. Because I realize I'm standing here today because of my grandfather's passion for the things of God and for his father's passion for the things of God and for his father's passion for the things of God. And our children are serving God today because of our passion for the things of God. And our grandchildren are serving God today because of their passion for the things of God. Your passion for the things of God matters. Your focus on the church matters. When you position God and his church central to your lives, it changes everything. When we bring our lives into alignment 
with where God has called us to be a part of his church, his word, his kingdom, seeking first the kingdom of God, making it our number one priority, giving our all to what God wants us to give our all. We celebrate the things that God celebrates. We give our life to what Christ gave his life to. He gave his life for us and for the church that we would be the lighthouse in our dark world today. And church, if we ever needed to shine bright, it is today, in this hour, in this moment. And what makes our light shine so bright is when we're united together as we are here at Milestone Church, keeping the main thing the main thing, which is the church of Jesus Christ central to our lives. It helps us define our purpose, helps reinforce our true identity, and it strengthens the most important relationships that matter. Recently, Don and I were called to a family in our church's home. We went to the home, and the mother was dying. They had her in a bed, actually out in their living room area, all of her children and grandchildren were gathered around her and her husband was there by her side. And she literally was in her last moments of her life here on earth. And I took her by the hand and Donna took her by her other hand and um, we began to pray with her. And, and she, she opened her eyes. And, and she knew we were there and she kind of got a little smile on her face. She, she recognized our voices over her. And as we knew that she was ready to step into eternity, she looked around the room the best she could move her head with a little smile towards her children. And faintly you could hear her whisper, And then shortly she was gone. I tell you all that matters in those moments when Don and I have had many opportunities to stand at the bedside of many people who have taken their last breath here and their first breath in eternity. And I wanna tell you something, there's only two things that matter at that moment. Only two. Their relationship with God, their creator, who they're about to face and the relationship with the family that they're about to leave. That's all that matters. There's no other institution or organization in this world that that's their two top priorities except the church. Our top priority is your relationship with God and your relationship with your family. That's our top priorities. And when you get those priorities in, in alignment, then it brings purpose and direction to your life. Because suddenly we know we were created by God and for God, and we were created for a divine purpose in the hand of God. And, and as it says, God has prepared that divine purpose way in advance for us to embrace. And you will discover it as you simply walk in the leadership of the Spirit of God in unity and oneness with the people of God. And as you're united with his church, focused in his church, striving to stay central in the church, you will discover everything that God has for you. And you won't miss out on anything that the Lord has for you. I have found that so. My goodness gracious, 
I would have never thought in, in the world, who in the world am I that I would be as blessed to be here today with you? or to have traveled where I've traveled around the world on every continent, meeting world leaders? I, what? Do you know I grew up <laughs> in the country and I was in the sixth grade before we had an indoor toilet. We had an outhouse. All you young people need to Google outhouse. <laughs> They don't smell very good in the summertime and they're cold in the wintertime. That's all I got to say. And, and the Lord has brought me from that place to where I'm here today with you. What? Well, you know what? I've been under a generational blessing, I realized. Because of those that have made commitments to walk in the center of God's will and keep the church central in their life and serving God central in their life. Because of that, there's been this generational blessing that has come down. Because here's what I know, when you put your life in alignment with God's truth and alignment with God's word, you position yourself to walk in the favor of God. Look at these really scriptures read here. I have these scriptures written down in Proverbs chapter three, verses one and verse four, look at it. My son, do not forget my teachings, but keep my commands in your heart. Look at this. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and of man. Wow. I don't know about you, but I, I've always wanted my children to walk in the favor of God. So what did I do? We're gonna plant them in the church where they will discover the principles and precepts of God. And when they align their life to those principles and precepts, they're in position to receive the favor of God upon their life and the blessing of God. You wanna know why our marriage is so rich and wonderful? Why she lights my fire when I look at her? Whew. The favor of God enhances everything. It enhances our marriages, our families, everything. The favor of God enriches everything. I bit into a piece of bread pudding last night that had a caramel sauce with walnuts and pecans woven into it and butter and it was one of those things like you go, the tongue gets so excited when it tastes something so rare and delicate and delicious and I thought for a moment I was starting to grow hair on the top of my head, I was so excited. The flavor that exploded in my mouth when I had this bread pudding, but it was the sauce on top that took it over the top. That's what the favor of God does for your life. Listen, it's the sauce on top that takes it over the top. You wanna experience the favor of God? Make the church central in your life. Position yourself and your family to where God is speaking so you can discern his voice. Make wise choices and decisions with your life. Your position where God can move and act and heal and 
and strengthen and grow and develop. You position yourself where he will fill you with his presence. There's nothing like the presence of God. And our world is filled with such anxiety. There is a spirit of anxiety so loose in our world today. And we desperately need to be filled with the peace of God that passes all understanding, that will guard your hearts and your minds in him. Praise God. Well, you know where I run? I run to his word. I run to his church. I run to his people. I run to my friends. Matter of fact, Pastor Jeff, every good thing in my life, I can trace it back to the church. That's where I met my wife. She'd only date me in church. Hallelujah. Our kids met their companion in church. Hallelujah. Everywhere I've gone, the greatest people I've ever met in my life, church. Relationships, church. Greatest experiences, church. Everything's related to church. I'm sitting here in my coach's office one time in college, and this uh, reporter comes in, sit down and interview me about the team. And he said, Coach, you've had a lot of success. He said, uh, What's your secret? I said, Simple, I got an ancient playbook. I get all my plays from. He said, Really? I said, Oh, yeah, this ancient playbook has given me the secret to winning. Really? He said, Can I see your ancient playbook? I said, I don't show it to too many people, but I'll show it to you. I happened to have a Bible on my desk and I lifted it up. I said, here's my ancient playbook right here. I said, I apply the principles and precepts of this book into my life, into my coaching, into my players, into everything I do. And you know what? It leads you to success. This precious book right here. And see, that's what I love about when we are committed to the church, we are being filled with his word. We're singing his word in worship. We're being taught by his word every week. Our kids are being immersed in programs around his word. Our children, students are being brought up in his word. We're surrounded by the word. And then we're surrounded by the greatest people in the world, the body of Christ. My, my dearest, greatest friends, the body of Christ. My sons, the body of Christ. I tell people all the time, you're looking at the richest man you've ever met. Wasn't Solomon, no, 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 Solomon. Solomon couldn't, he couldn't carry my golf bag. You know why I'm so rich? I'm so rich in relationships. I have so many glorious, wonderful relationships I wish I could introduce you to some of my sons and daughters in China, some of our sons and daughters in Laos, in Thailand, in India, in Africa, throughout Europe, in South America, in Mexico. I wish I could introduce you to our children in Brazil. I wish I could introduce you to our children down in Guatemala. I mean, wherever we go, God has blessed us wherever we go in the world. We have all these great relationships. You know what's by? Because they're members of the body of Christ. They're the church of the living God. And I've been blessed to know them. I'm a part of them, and so are you. And everything we get to do together carries eternal impact on it. Think about it. My wife was praying one night in church. We were we were, had a little prayer service, and she was actually kneeling, like over in this section right here. She was kneeling, praying with her Bible open, 
And um, we were walking and praying. This is before church was getting ready to start. And we were just out there praying in the, in the auditorium. And I'm walking and praying. I like to walk and pray. And I'm walking and praying. I come over and she's sobbing and she's weeping. And I come over to her and I said, baby, what is it? And she's pointing to the scriptures. And her tears are staining the pages of the Bible. And it's open to Isaiah chapter 1, verse 16. And she looks at the phrase, defend the cause of the fatherless. Now, we've been supporting children's homes in Haiti and Mexico. We had been over to a home that we were starting to support over Romania and Russia. But she said, Tom, the Lord spoke to me that we have to do something for the hurting children right here in our own region. I got up that night in church and announced we're going to start a children's home right here. In, in Palm Beach County, Florida. Had no resource. We were getting ready to go into a new building. Had zero, and, my, and, the, and the elders came to me and said, Pastor, we know it's of God because God spoke it to Donna. <laughs> you, you heard that, didn't you? We know it's of God because it's her. If it's been me, we might need to pray about it a little. Anyways. We know it's of God, but we have no money. I said, I know it. We have zero money, but I know it's God, and I know it's God-ordained. I got up and told the people on Sunday, God's led for us to build a children's home. And so this guy walks up, Jeff. Guy walks up to me. I've never made him before. He's about six foot six. He said, preacher, what, tell me more about this here children's home you're talking about. And I told him, I said, I've already found the property right down the road here, 10 acres, and has a couple houses on it. We'll start there, and boom, 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 boom. He said, well, uh, show it to me. And he did. We took him down, showed it to him. He came back on that Monday, he and his wife, and they were looking at him. He said, all right, preach how much you need to get that children's home started. I looked at him. I said, we need about a half a million dollars, uh, Mr. Adams. And uh, he looked at his wife. She's crying. He said, all right, son, we'll give it to you. I never met this man. He's about to give us half a million dollars to start the children's home. Well, come to find out, they had raised five abandoned children as their own children in Arkansas, and they had a heart for this, and God laid it on their heart, and God gave Donna the vision. We had no money. God said, I got the money waiting for you right back here in the Adams family. They walk up, boom. Do you know today, listen, today, today, we're celebrating about 21 years. We have touched over 30,000 children. 30,000 children that have been wounded, abandoned, horrific things have happened to these children, but now they've been introduced to the love of God and the hope of God has been restored in their lives. That came out of the church. See what I love that, that when we're a part of the church, we get to be a part of something eternal and things that we can do together that we can never do alone. There's nothing more sad than one time I was with a man, he was dying. He didn't know Jesus. Now I led him to the Lord on his deathbed, like the thief on the cross. But he cried and he said, oh, I regret. He said, I regret I've wasted my entire life. I've lived my life in vain. He's weeping. There is no answer to that. I just prayed with him. And so at least you will not waste your eternity in vain. 
That's why the church is central. So here's what I want to ask you to do. Three things. Make the mission of the church become your mission. I put it this way. Our mission is to fuel the mission of the church. Here's how we do it. Number one, get planted. If you're not fully planted at Milestone, get planted. This is godly, rich soil. Look what the scriptures say in Psalms 92. Those planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. Get planted. Make church central. Number two, get on the field. Get out of the bleachers, get on the field. Find your place to serve. This is not a cruise ship where we come and enjoy a nice music and a nice little meal and appetite and a nice little social time and go our way. No, 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 this is a battleship. All hands on deck. Find your place to serve. Get connected and serve. That's critical. I love what Peter says in 1 Peter 4.10. Each one should use whatever gift he's received to serve others. And here's what I know. Our lives carry the greatest impact when we team up with each other. That's where the impact comes. And finally, be all in. Be all in. Don't just put your foot in this thing. Jump in both feet. Make your commitment. Make it a priority for your family. And listen, I love sports leagues. I played them all. But don't let sport leagues rob your kids from being here in the house of God. If it's a sport league running on Sunday morning, get them in a different league, or you get here on Saturday night and get connected. Don't, don't let anything. There's nothing more essential you can do as a parent or grandparent than to get your kids in the house of God. Plant your children here. Let them grow up here. It will transform them. We're committed to that. Be all in. I love this verse of scripture in 2 Chronicles. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout all the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are what? Fully committed to him. Be fully committed to him. Recently, we had this horrible tragedy with the five men that were on this ocean gate vessel that was going to go down to survey the Titanic imploded and they lost their lives and it reminded me of the story of what happened to the Titanic that horrible night in 1912. It was April 15th when the Titanic struck three small tears in its hull sunk that mighty vessel. About 1,500 people lost their lives that night in the cold, frigid North Atlantic Sea. There were only about 20 lifeboats on the ship. Not all of them even got deployed. But all the lifeboats were only about partially filled, so they estimate about 50% filled. They all rowed away from the sinking ship, afraid they would get sucked down with the ship or get overwhelmed by the people drowning in the water, desperate for salvation and help and to being rescued. So they rode away from the cries in the night. The story is told though of one of the lifeboats, lifeboat number 14, that turned 
and rowed back towards the sinking ship and the cries of the people. And they rescued as many as they could put in the boat and as many as they could have hanging onto the sides of the boat that night that they could. If all the boats had done that, they would have probably been able to have saved over half of the 1,500 that died that night. But Lifeboat 14 had the courage to row towards those that were crying in desperation. Milestone Church, that's who we are. Whatever it takes, we're gonna row towards those that are crying and screaming in the darkness of life today who are desperate and longing for salvation that only the church can bring to them because we're bringing Jesus Christ to them. We need everyone to get their hand on an oar and start rowing with us. And we're gonna see God do some miraculous things in the days ahead of us. Get planted. Get your children planted. Get planted. Get planted. Find a place to serve and be all in. Father, I thank you and praise you for what you're doing among us. We recognize the move of your spirit and your hand that is upon us. And Lord, we do not take that for granted. We realize it bears with it not only a great blessing, but a great responsibility. May we respond, oh God, and be willing to do our part as we're united in the body to fulfill the mission that's ahead for us, to rescue the perishing and care for the dying. For Jesus is merciful and Jesus will save. The hymnist caught it well. That is our mission as the church, to be the light is set upon the hill because in this dark times people are desperate for truth and for the light that will give them not only salvation but direction and purpose in their lives and we pray oh God that we will fulfill that mission and Lord if there be one or more here today on any of our campuses or any of our venues or joining us online that have never fully surrendered their life to you may this be a moment that we simply pray, Lord Jesus, come into our hearts. Forgive us of our past and our sins. And from this day forward, we commit to live for you and to serve you with all of our hearts. Fill us with your spirit, guide and direct our lives. And we seal our commitment to you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, 
leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.